Are we living our life? Because that mark that's left behind, it's our story, it's our legacy. Why are we spending so much time living by somebody else's idea or somebody else's story? You're listening to In the Hour with Lolly Daskal and Jared Nichols. Lolly, we are on again and it is great to be having this conversation today. I'm excited because this this is a topic that I know you are very passionate about and it's one that I'm also very passionate about too because it's often minimized just around finances and that conversation is legacy. But we, as you know and as you are an expert on, legacy is so much bigger than that. So today I'm excited that we get to talk about what is legacy, what is the driver of legacy is it important, right? You know, having this bigger discussion, is legacy important? And if so, why? And more importantly, if we agree that it is, then how do we create a legacy that's actually worth leaving? So this is gonna be fun. So talk to I'm us very here. excited. Yeah, tell me, Lolly here, when you think about legacy, I know we have similar ideas, but they're very different. We talk about them in different ways. Uh, talk to me about the way you define legacy and, and why it's so important. Why, why is it such an important topic for you? Right. So for me, I want to start off with a question. And the question is, why do even people want to leave a legacy? Why do people want to leave their mark? So the simple answer to that question is because we don't want to be forgotten, right? Mm -hmm. That's the simple answer. The more complicated answer is because we want to matter. Mm -hmm. And if that is true, then talking about legacy today is going to be a very interesting conversation because if we don't want to be forgotten, what is the foundation elements of that? And the second part is, if we want to matter, what are the principles that belong to that? So I think it's almost like a two-part conversation today because I want to answer the simple answer of it and I want to answer the complicated answer, only because I really thought this through and I think that it could be very interesting to take us on a journey of legacy. Yeah, let's do it. So let's start with the simple answer, right? Set that up here. What, what is your simple answer? So the simple answer is we don't want to be forgotten, right? So what does that mean, we don't want to be forgotten? I think it starts off with leaving a legacy is the foundation of life. Hmm. Think about it this way. Those that have come before us left us the world that we live in today, right? right. Also, each one of us each one of us is a steward in this world. Each one of us has a calling. Each one of us has a purpose. And I think at the end of the day, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but my thinking is at the end of the day, our calling, our purpose is to leave this world a better place than it is right now. And that means that we don't have to go out and change the world, but we can start small. We can start small with a person. We can start small with a company that we create. Yeah. And that ripple effect out into the world. But I think the first thing about why we don't want to be forgotten has to start with, it's the foundation of life. We are here for a reason and we have a purpose and we need to leave this place better than it is. What do you think about that? No, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, I hear a lot of people talking about their goal is to leave things in a better condition than when they found them. But like all words, the meaning of that, the depth of, of that gets lost because if we say it enough, we just assume that, oh yeah, yeah, we all, we all know what that is and so we move on and so we forget. 
But I think that's, I think what you're saying is absolutely right. It is the foundation is that we, we do have a purpose. I would also say, I believe we do all have a purpose here, whether we realize it or not. So a lot of people do go through life fulfilling their purpose, if you will, or not fulfilling it, but they're playing out. There is purpose in life, no matter what, but how, how much that purpose is actualized and realized by the individual that really comes down to this bigger question that we're asking, right? And that is That's the second part of a question, yeah, right? Yeah. Because why, you know, the thing is that we want to matter and that's where the calling comes in. But for the not to be forgotten, we're here foundationally to live our calling and it behooves everyone to figure out what that calling is, what that purpose is. No, absolutely. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, it could be small. I just think that people think it always has to be big. It could right. be small. Yeah, yeah. Well, we I, we idolize this this grand the grand gesture. We idolize this grand big picture story that all of us are the heroes in, and because that is true, right? You you can be or somebody else the hero in your story. Again, the way if we talk more about it, the more people just assume like, yeah, we all know what that means. We don't really think about it. But I think context is a really important part of legacy as well. Because if it's the foundation of life, then the context that we live in changes year over year. That purpose evolves with it. And we really, it really forces the other question of, are we, are we living our life? Because our life, that mark that's left behind, is our experience. It's, um, it's our story. It's our legacy. Why are we spending so much time living by somebody else's idea or somebody else's story we're leaving you know it really it does it, it comes to this internal question we have to wrestle with so yeah so the context of where we are today where we're going we are living an exciting time you know minus some of the turmoil but that is what brings about change so yeah so so think about it this way i think i want to grow on what you just said so you ended off where you know where we have to find our purpose we have to find our legacy. We have to find how to leave our mark, even if in turmoil. First of all, history has shown that there's always something going on. Always. Right? There, so the thing is, there's always going to be happening things around us and things within us. Right? Yeah. So that's why I think this call may be the second principle of, you know, how do, how do we not be forgotten, right, under legacy if we're exploring the driver? I think it is tapping into our raw power. And what I mean by that is, is that each one of us has the capacity to choose good or to choose bad, right? To choose greatness or to choose evil. And I wanna get into this for a second because I think it's very important to talk about that we do have, people always think life is out of control, that I don't have control over my life. Things happen to me, I can't make things happen. And for those of you who think that way, you do have a choice. You have the choice to do this, to choose an attitude, to choose a mindset, because I think that we can choose good or bad. I think we can choose, think about it this way. There have been people in our lives <laughs> who have been really good to us. There have been people in our lives who have caused us great distress and destruction, right? But there have been people in our lives who have blessed us, and there are people in our lives that have ruined us. And the thing is, the control is, the raw power is that we can choose who to be. And that, I think, is part of the foundation 
of our legacy. Yeah, I agree. Is, who do we want to be? Yeah. And the choice always ours. Yeah. And I hope everybody chooses, you know, to be good, to be yeah. kind. Well, absolutely, totally. It, but you, you know, the and so I agree a hundred percent. The interesting thing is that we start getting into this area of we say, well, define good, define evil, right? We start to talk about well, because I'm with you a hundred percent that uh, our we have to own our experience, and the only thing that we can really control is our action, either our reaction or our proaction, right? What are we going to do in this? And as you said. It's about who we want to be. It's who are we being in this moment? Because there are forces outside of our control. And you have a choice as well to say, well, do I frame myself in this role as a victim? Or do I do I move and do I dodge and do I accept what's coming? And do I take you know, the time and energy to react to it in a way that helps to fulfill that purpose, right? Or helps uh, me to learn either, even if you make a wrong decision or a right decision. But um, it's so easy to get... Uh, sidetracked on these ideas of good and evil so let's let's talk about that because there's a lot of discussion about like well this is all right you know people will just it, it becomes a distraction so why don't you unpack that part there as it relates to legacy and and uh, decisions that we make right so i mean we can spend hours and hours talking about good and evil but on a high level because the conversation is legacy today so we'll concentrate on that so for pertains to legacy, and it's about good and evil, this is how I see it. Good is to be of service to others. Yeah. And evil is if you're not of service to others, if you're self-serving. Yeah. To me, it is as simple as that. And it has to do um, with legacy. Why? Because this world, last week you talked about this wonderful thing. We are social creatures, you said. And you said, we exist with each other. And that's what we are. That's our society. That's how we are. That's our DNA. And so if we're talking about good, I think the good is realizing that it's not a me world. It's a we world. It's about if I take one action, how does it affect you? Because it has a ripple effect. And I think at the basic level, that's how I define. I mean, that's very simplistic. No, I like that. The good is I think of others, I serve others, and the evil is I'm only thinking about myself and I'm only here to serve myself. Yeah. That's how I define it. Well, and that, I think that's, so let's take a, a picture of that. When you're only here to serve yourself, if we just think biologically, to serve others, to create life, to give life in any form, right? To procreate, whether it's ideas or it's, you know, literal procreation. When you are moving in the opposite direction, it's it's the opposite of legacy. It withers up and dies. There's nothing left. So you can take whatever you can. It's parasitic. But that eventually dies out, which is the antithesis of legacy, that thing that goes on long after you're gone. So if we should have a conversation about the good, I think we could really, so we'll make, we'll put that on the docket as well. So be on the, those of you listening, be on the lookout for that one. But yeah, I think that's a great way to connect that for sure. So then it takes me to another thought. Think about this. So we talked about, it's the foundation of life, right? We talked about that we have raw power, but I think the third thing that I would think about when it comes to the driver of legacy is it's our responsibility. Absolutely. It's our responsibility to leave this world better than them we found it. I think it's our legacy, 
our mission, our purpose, to know that we are doing something today that our children and grandchildren and the next generation benefit from. And I really believe that really good, honorable people live this foundational element of legacy where they say to themselves, how am I going to matter, right? How am I going to not be forgotten? Because I need something that will outlast me. And I think it's our responsibility to do that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, I think that this question of, of leaving our world, leaving our mark, leaving our space that we're in better than we found it is one that a lot of people would just agree with naturally. So what I'd like to explore a little bit here, I've got my thoughts and ideas on this, but I want to hear from you first on this, is how how do we think about it first, right? Because we all, again, all of us agree we should leave this place better than we found it. But in our highly politicized, media-heavy, noisy environment, we're being told a thousand different ways of how we can leave this place better than we found it. And the problem I find with that, not that the ideas are bad, but is that, again, we are being we're having our attention focused outward and taking somebody else's idea rather than starting inward and saying, what is my idea? So how, what are the practical steps in your mind to, to cut through the noise and get centered to say, I'm going to create my legacy and I need to be in tune and in touch with myself to do that. Here's step number one. Like, what would you advise somebody to do that? So it becomes practical. So I was going to talk about that a little bit later on because then it would be like, how do I matter? But I can talk a little bit about it here. And I think what's important is, is that putting aside politics, putting aside the climate of our environment, I think legacy starts, as, as you know, you know, Lolly Daskal is synonymous with lead from within, right? And I truly believe that if, the, if you're going to change the world, you have to start from within. And what I mean by that is, is that before I move on to politics, before I move on to climate, before I move on to all the big subjects that are circulating around us and causes us either great distress or causes us just to feel uncomfortable, I think what we need to do is ask ourselves this, this simple question. And I think of it in two ways. Number one is, what are, what are our values? What is important to us? What matters to us? Where do we want to take a stand? We don't have to take a stand about everything, but we need to take a stand about something. Because if you don't take a stand about something, you're not taking a stand about anything. Yeah. So the question is, what is important to you? Right. That's lead from within. That's the foundational work behind my work. What is important to you? What are your values? No. And then I think when you start with yourself and you're able to answer what is important to me, then this is what happens. It moves on to, am I a loving spouse? Am I a dedicated parent? Am I a trusted friend? And then it moves on to, am I a proud citizen? Am I a valuable employee? Or a, am I a selfless leader? Do you see how that works? It has a way of almost thinking about it this way. You throw a stone into the lake and there's a little circle and then it has this ripple effect, but it has to start with you. It has right. to start with your value. 
It has to start with what's important. And then it starts with family. And then it starts with work. And then it starts with the community. And then it starts with things outside the community. And then it becomes the world because if you help yourself and you define for yourself what's important and you have a ripple effect onto those in your inner circle, those inner circles then have effect to the, their inner circle. So I just think it's expansive. Does that answer the question a little bit? It sounds like uh, it sounds very much like a pandemic. <laughs> it's a virus, right? In a good way. It spreads the same way, right? I mean, and I know that's yeah, totally tasteless for our certain. Ouch. <laughs> But I think it's important. I do. I, I agree with it. And, you know, something to add on top of that, Lolly, there's an exercise I put people through when I'm working with them. I, I, uh, it's all about understanding what your legacy, what it is that you ultimately wanted to be. I call it standing in the future. It's, uh, it's really about changing the way that we, we speak. So if you put yourself 15 years in the future, 10 years in the future, whatever, and you use a reflective tense, right? You use a past tense description about what it is that you were most proud of. It's amazing how, because time, again, I think we talked about this last week, time is a man-made construct, right? Our, it's something we use to help control like the way that we think and map things out. But time in and of itself is man-made. So when you're standing in the future and you are looking back to the present day and you're using very specific language that is reflective, like, hey, as a father, I'm proud of the fact that or as a mother, I'm proud of the fact that your brain does not register like, well, it hasn't happened yet. Your brain all of a sudden starts to take on the role like, yeah, it, it does start to happen. And the power that I've seen in doing something like this is it removes the daily obstacles and distractions that we have right now because it is so hard for so many people, including myself, to stand in the present and project forward about things I had not experienced. But if time is a man-made construct and I'm putting myself in a future tense and reflecting back, well, now I have experienced it without literally experiencing it, but I've got clarity about what it is that I'm going to be most proud of. And it's amazing what happens. You start to realize I'm spending a lot of time and energy on things I'm not going to really be proud of. Not that they're not good. I'm just not going to be proud of them. So what do I really need to be spending my time and energy on? This is the beginning of creating a legacy, getting clear on 10 years from now when you look back and, and you start to say, in this role in my life, I'm really proud of the fact that I did this or that I did that or that I stopped doing this, that is what changes the game, I think, because in the present, everything is cloudy. In the future, everything is clear. The whole idea of hindsight is twenty twenty, right? So, yeah, I think that's really key. This is why I respect you so much, because we think about things in the same way, but have a different way of expressing it. And last week, we talked about the 1840-60 rule. And you're talking about exactly what the concept of that rule is. Is 18, you're so concerned about what others think. 40, you're living it for yourself. 60, you don't really care, it's your future. It is about, I wanna do the things that are most important to me, things that most yeah. matter to me. So you have language to use in that 60 rule and the combination of that is very powerful. So the thing about that is at 60, you have to ask your, if you have a 60 year old mindset, right? Not that you're old, but at this point, you don't care what others think. Right. You don't have to please others. Then you have to say to yourself, am I a good dad? Am I a good mom? Am I the best leader? Am I doing, am I serving the people that work for me best? And yeah. At that point, you ask yourself different kind of questions than if you're pleasing others and you're pleasing yourself. 
again, legacy is about leaving the world a better place than it is right now. Yeah. But this is what happens, and I think this is important to talk about, is that if we really concentrate on this question of legacy, if we really talk about what is our mark, it gets us out of the mindset of what I call the self, like the selfish mindset. It gets us out of what do I need? What should I do? Where, you know, how am I going to get to the next level? And it brings us into if if I could do something, who can I take with me? Or what can I do that can help others? I always say to my clients about leadership, they go, how can I be a great leader? I say, when people around you are great. Yeah. And same thing about legacy. How can we move beyond self into selfless to become that person that truly leaves their mark? Uh, was that clear? I'm, I'm trying to yeah, explain. Yeah. You have a, self, a selfless mindset in order to leave a really good legacy. Yeah. Well, so to add on to that, maybe help package that up uh, in another way as well, is to just stop for a moment. Anybody listening to this, I know I do this a lot. When we are focused on ourselves, that's a heavy burden. I mean, unless you're just, you know, like a sociopath, right? You know, where it's like you feel nothing. But again, we're not talking to sociopaths, hopefully. So, you know, it's there's a heavy burden when you're thinking about um, how are people going to like this? Are they going to like me? It's all about me. How can I get to the top? That is a big weight. But the moment you stop and you say, "Oh, wait, it's not a, it's not about me. I have a job to show up here." that burden gets lifted. I, I may have used this example last week. I can't remember if we did or not, but I'm going to say this again. Um, for myself, uh, it, it went out before kids. I was a competitive amateur cyclist. So it means I paid money to suffer and race, spent just tons of time on the bike and uh, paid money. And even if you won, you still lost money. Unlike professionals, you get paid money to suffer. So I was an amateur cyclist. And so we would train and compete my best performances were when I had a job to get uh, our teammate across the line first. If it was a sprint finish, there was, but if I was tasked with that, the, the weight was heavy, right? Like I didn't want to let anybody down. But if I had that job to say, no, I'm going to serve one of my guys, that guy had to push even harder to stay on my wheel because I was like, nobody's getting past me and my guy better be on my wheel because I'm throwing him across that line. But the, the burden was not there anymore. It was more like, oh, this is a better way to put it, Lolly real leadership, how to be a better leader, that selfish to selfless is when you are creating an environment that gives other people the opportunity to rise to the occasion. And that's the analogy that I've used in that cycling example, is that that's what an effective leader does, is they create an environment that allows other people to rise to the occasion because they're not trying to say, hey, what are you doing for me? It's uh, how can I create something here so that you can have that potential, you can fulfill that. And there's that legacy piece, right? If we all have a purpose, leaders have a responsibility to create the environment that people can start to fulfill that purpose. And guess what? We're all leaders of our own life. So what environment are we creating that those around us can rise to being even better than what they thought they could be, right? And think about it this way. If we make the level higher for others, then we have to live to that you know, highest level too. So not only are those around us show, you know, embracing their greatness in my language, right? Mm -hmm. Embracing 
darkness, embracing their purpose, embracing their calling, but we're going to that next level with them. We're yeah. in this together. And the thing about that is it becomes so much more poignant when it's a we than, it, than if it's a me. Definitely. Because it has more energy, it has more focus, it has more, it just gets us out for the mundane of me, 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 and moves us into something bigger and more expansive and more purposeful, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, like we talked about last week, we are social creatures. We are designed, biologically designed to survive and thrive by being interdependent, right? We are tribal. We want to help each other out. This idea of living on our own out in the plains, again, is like, yeah, it's a great story, but it doesn't have a lot of historical accuracy. So that... Okay. That purpose and that drive of being in this together, we are wired to do that. We want to do that. I mean, the studies, I can't remember, what's his name? Dan, uh, oh, I'm, you, pro you probably know him personally, but Dan, he's a famous psychologist, uh, had done the, did the happiness studies. There's a whole documentary series, but he wrote books about it, and it was that scientifically they had proven that people are far more happy when they are giving and serving and doing things for other people than for themselves, like dramatically different. And he said, the most self-centered thing you can do is serve others because it feels really good. That's a biological thing. Absolutely, uh, yes. And Sean Aker wrote about that actually. We shared the stage once and we talked about that giving, you know, lead from within is finding self to serve others. Happiness is finding happiness, but by, you know, being there for others, right? It's like, it's, it sounds simple, but it isn't simple. Right. You know, because our tendency sometimes is to get bogged down. Like you said earlier, you talked about this thing about being a victim of our lives, right? And so things come at us and sometimes they come very quickly. And it takes maybe a moment to stop being on this roller coaster to ask ourselves, why are we even doing this? Mm -hmm. What are we doing? And if we don't stop, life will stop us. And the thing is, is that it's called, and we talked about this a few times, and I think life has a way of, of doing this ease, right? That life comes at us and causes us to have something happen to us to stop us, to stop us from the roller coaster and the hamster on the wheel. Because at the end of the day, we're, all of us are here for a reason. We have a purpose, and if we're not spending our life figuring it out and attending to it and grooming it and expanding it, we will have enormous amount of disease, yeah. which every day life comes at you. And so I think it's very important that we don't go down that, down that route and we spend the time saying, what am I here for? What is my calling? Yeah. And I think that's very important. And wouldn't you say that, uh, so I totally agree, and I would say that a, a perfect large-scale example that in recent history, and we're still in the middle of it as, as of this recording, is COVID-19. It has forced us to stop. It has. It has. On a collective level. Now, it, and I'm not saying that it's like, oh, let's dive in and, you know, yes, there has been hardship and trouble, but on a collective level, our systems have shut down and a lot of the things that we should have been thinking about and questioning for a long time are being laid bare. So this life does that to us individually, but it also does it to us collectively. And I know plenty of people who have had these moments of introspection of finally going, hey, do I want to return to this fast-paced, chaotic environment? Uh, and, no, you know, who knows if, you know, where we will go. But I do think we are at that kind of moment. So I think the analogy and the, and the, and the lesson in that is exactly right. So I think of 
any pandemic, any virus, any disease as a way to stop us, to stop us from what we have been doing and maybe asking ourselves what we could be doing different. And I think it's important to take notice, not to brush it off, but to make it important to ourselves and our self-discovery and the way we live our lives and to ask ourselves important questions on a daily basis. What can I be doing something different tomorrow than I did today? I mean, that's the thing, a ritual that I do every night and I've been doing it for almost three decades. And so the thing about that is, is that we maybe need new rituals in our lives. We need to be asking ourselves more expansive questions. But at the end of the day, this is what I have found. The driver of legacy is not to spend so much time in the small picture idea, but to think of the big picture idea. And what I mean by that is if we spend enormous amount of time on the small picture, then we're only working on the pragmatic problems that we have in our lives. Yeah. If we think the way you think, I don't know what you call that program or what you do with your clients, the future self, and we think big picture, then we're contemplating how does this affect the bigger picture of life, my life, other people's life. And I think that's important because the way to get to a bigger picture life is to ask ourselves, again, going back to what is important, what is our values, how do we want to spend our day today in order to have an impact on our tomorrow? Yeah. I think those things are very, very important when you're thinking about legacy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's so in that what I do with folks there is 2024 sites, the catchy little name for it. But the idea is still uh, that we focus on what we are proud of and purpose. When we are proud of our actions, we are fulfilling our purpose. When we are not proud and we are ashamed, we are living outside of that purpose. We're living outside, as you would say, your greatness, right? And so I think that if we, we reflect even on those, those small things day to day, today, even, yeah, you could do this. It doesn't have to be 10 years. It could be at the end of the day. It could be 10 hours from now as a father, right, as a, uh, as a co-host on a show. I'm you know, little stuff to say I'm proud of the fact that and then you just fill in the blank. And it just helps us to reset and say now I'm, I know what it is that I want to be proud of at the end of the day because we, you, we talked about this a lot. We, you know, we're building our legacy every day. We're creating it, whether we realize it or not. What is it you say you tell your clients all the time? I, I say to them, we each have to think about our legacy because we are writing it every day. Yeah. I always say that to my clients. Yeah. What you're doing today is going to be remembered and written into the hearts of and etched into the hearts of your you know, employees. So be very mindful and thoughtful of who you are. Right. And it's not just in the minds and hearts of your employees, but quite literally into the uh, servers at Google. <laughs> right. I mean, everything we it, you know, it's true. We are your legacy people are going to be able to go back and look at a digital map of your life, right? So it's both ways. It's, there's the impact we have on people and there's the footprint we leave behind is we are living in a, you're creating a legacy whether you want to or not. Uh, so yeah, so for anybody who's thinking about getting into political arguments and you know saying something they might regret, just remember this, like it's not going anywhere. People will be able to go back and find it. <laughs> but I digress. Okay. The point is, is that what you're leaving in the hearts and the minds, the impact that you're making on the people, that is ultimately what happens. Um, I, I think it really goes back to this, to this principle that we are hardwired. We are, we are designed in a way where we receive such a great 
rush of endorphins and satisfaction from playing a part that benefits others or from creating something that is in uh, that will ensure that our children and our grandchildren have a world to live in or an opportunity to live in. You know, one thing I want to touch on on this too, Lolly, is that we know this. This is this is why we also have to be really cognizant of our environments, things that are outside of our control. Like I'm not in control of how you know what we value as a society or what we're told to value, but it's almost always in direct contradiction to what we as people, as individuals, and how we are biologically designed, it's almost in direct contradiction. If, if we're saying we need to take care of each other, but everything that we are marketed, everything that's marketed to us is about you need to work on yourself, you need, which there is, and this is, the, this is the tricky part of it, there is, the, the, the sentiment is correct. Let's always be improving, but we're always improving not from a foundation of saying because I'm just a total wreck and I'll never get it right, so I need to constantly work on myself. It's more of, hey, you know, I'm a mess, but I'm constantly learning, constantly growing. You know, that is something that's encouraged and I'm proud of rather than, oh, well, I need to uh, get a different haircut or, you know, maybe I need to trim my beard or, you know, a little stupid. This is only funny if people are watching this on video, which they probably won't be. But, you know, really small, tiny things that are that are embedded in our uh cultural narrative is that you must improve yourself because who you are is not good enough instead of you must improve yourself because who you are is good enough but you could even be better and it's better for all of us as a whole so we have these we have these conflicting narratives that we have to be aware of because it does make it more difficult i think for people to reconcile those two what do you think so when i first started my company lead from within Everybody was, what kind of leadership is this? It wasn't very vogue because when I started this, leadership was all about greed. Greed mm -hmm. is lead from within. The concept of my consulting leadership business is all about better yourself so you can be better for others, mm -hmm. right? It's not a selfish act. The better you are, the more you know about yourself, the more compassion you have for yourself, the more, uh, whatever it is that you learn about self, you can then do for others in a better way. That's what life is about. It's about, as we said in this whole, we're talking about this the whole time, it's about learning about self to benefit others. And you said it beautifully. I mean, I'm gonna have to quote you many times in front of my clients. Oh but, boy. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is that yes, it's we are here, yes, to, learn and grow and evolve so those around us have the benefit of learning and growing and evolving too and taking each other to the next level. And I think that's very important, but it only comes in one way and it comes by living a very conscious life, meaning we have to be awake. We have to make the effort and we have to ask ourselves, and I'll use your words, what makes us proud? What makes us happy? And from that, that's how we move on to what we talked about. How do we matter, right? The question is, how can we matter? We matter by living a conscious life, by knowing that our actions have a ripple effect on others. Our thoughts turn into actions, which then turn into influence, which then has influence on others. And so with all the marketing that you talked about going on around us, that's, I understand that but we can still be strong in standing up for what we think is right and what we think is good. And our definition good is serving others, not serving ourselves. 
And that's the beginning of how we matter. That's the beginning of a true legacy. You know, I love that. And so this, you talking about that made me connect a couple dots here that I think really, I mean, they helped me at least frame this in a really simple way too, is that when we were talking about improving ourselves, bettering ourselves, learning and growing, the narrative that is out there right now is if you want to matter, improve yourself. But the reality is improve yourself because you matter. Do you see the difference? That's the difference. That's it right there. I hear it. I I feel it. Yes. That's fantastic. That's well, thank you. Cause you, you, you talking about all this made me kind of connect those dots. It's like, Oh, that's what, that's it. It's just flipping those words around. It's amazing how just switching a couple words around can change the entire meaning and understanding of something. Yeah. That's good. Well, so the whole thing about the, the more complicated answer, right? That we want to matter, right? The first one was we don't want to be forgotten. Nobody wants us to be forgotten. But the fact that we actually matter takes work. Mm-hmm. It takes work. And that's where this whole thing about asking ourselves, who are we? Um, what are our values? What is real to us? We have to give that a lot of thought because life just doesn't unfold raw. It, it unfolds because we are thoughtful about it and we're mindful about what we're thinking and what actions we take. Yeah. And something is very important. If you want to matter, if you truly, truly want to matter, if you truly don't want to be forgotten, then you have to create this legacy that outlasts you. Yeah. You just have to do that. And it, it starts with, if you start with self and it goes into the first ripple effect circle, then who you are as a person affects those around you. Is it your kids, your spouse, the people that you work with? And it just grows and grows, but it has to outlast you. You know, think about the biographies that we read, right? Those are, there are stories in there about individuals that have changed the world because of a thoughtful action or something that they did that benefited others. And now we're reading about it. Yeah. It's a legacy that outlasts the person themselves. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you hear about that a lot. Uh, uh, people that never even get to experience the impact of the work that they've done. You find that even in things like, you know, in, in the arts. I mean, I immediately think of Van Gogh, right? He was dead broke yeah. until after, you know, then he was discovered after he was dead, right? People are like, oh, well, wow, this is really valuable. And another musician that I I would put in that Can same name. Can I talk man. about Van Gogh? Can I just talk about Van Gogh? I look at it in a different way. You brought it up because I always found that story very fascinating. And then we can talk about the musician. But yeah. think about it this way. For Van Gogh, and I've read, there's like 17 versions of his biography. I've read them all because I was obsessed with the fact that someone, you know, paints and paints, but they only get recognition after their life. Mm-hmm. But I was looking at it wrong because this is what I came out after reading. I think after reading so many biographies for him, for Van Gogh, and I'm not talking for him, but a thought that came to my mind about working through all the biographies is that he got to live his purpose every single day by painting. That's the way he was able to breathe. That's the way he was able to live. And guess what? That's what we talk about calling. He lived his calling. 
you know, for us, it's important to, you know, yes, he wanted recognition. Yes, he wanted to be recognized. But every story that you read about him, the fact that he could paint, the fact that he could express, he was living for his words, for his thoughts, he was expressing it. Was it pain? Was it distress? Was it crazy making? But he got to live it. And that is leaving your mark. Legacy doesn't have to mean that we remember, like, you know, we'll talk about you forever. Legacy can mean living your mark by living your full purpose while you're still alive. Yes, and, and the result of that is people talk about you. Right, yeah. That the fact is that he mattered, he painted, he expressed, he was in his calling. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? That's something new that I got out of Van Gogh's story. Yeah, it does make sense. It goes back to this idea that if you focus just on what's in it for you, then it's a heavy burden to bear. But at a certain point, all of us are faced with the opportunity or the question we have to ask ourselves is, am I going to continue on? Is this, is this about me? This is actually on a daily basis. I actually was having this call with a client the other day, and we we're talking about the way she talks about her, her work, and she was trying to piece together. I've been putting her through a process to help her synthesize things in a real simple way, and she was trying to understand how to talk about this idea within the context of her message. And she was wondering if, you know, people were going to, she says, it makes sense to me, but I don't know if it's going to make sense to other people, which it totally wouldn't. Here's what I told her. I said, here's the number one thing you have to remember anytime you shoot something, you know, shoot video when you're writing something, is that the moment you feel overwhelmed, I said, you have to ask yourself, are you overwhelmed because you're not sure what people will think of you, right, or that they'll misinterpret you? Uh, and if that's the case, then you're trying to write this for you. So, but if you stop and think about the people you serve on the other end of that camera, on the other end of that, that screen or that paper, immediately that burden goes away because now you can say, oh, yeah, this isn't about me. It, they may think I'm terrible. I can't control that. But I'm writing this because I believe it because this is important to get out. It is that where do we focus our energy? Why do we do what we do? And if you're living in that purpose, you may not be recognized until you're gone. But that doesn't matter anymore because if that becomes – the thing to say, well, I hope people talk about me, you're missing the point, right? Yeah. Right, absolutely. We're saying the same things, but I think that's how I yeah. think of Van Gogh and you brought that up. You know, you said something important is what is your message, mm -hmm. right? That's a question that we all have something that we want to say. Some of, um, when I first started out um, doing what I'm doing, most people would say to me, what I want to say has been said already. Yeah. And I said, that might be true. But how would you say it in your own words that would be coming from you? Because then it would be different. Mm -hmm. And yes, there's a lot of wisdom out there and a lot of wisdom that gets repurposed. Yes. But the, the question is, what is your message? What is true to you? What have you been through? What have you learned? And that's why it's very important no matter who you are in the world, is to really start being interested in other people's stories and to be really interested in how they express their message. And because they're teaching us something about ourselves. And we're going off topic a little bit, but I think it's important to, to, to think about what is your message. 
And that's why I read biography after biography after biography, because I always say, how can I find Lolly in someone else's story? Can I learn something from this person that I can implement in my life that I could serve others better? Yeah. And that that's how you leave your mark. Yeah. Well, you know, so it's so I totally agree. I think we should we should have a conversation about message made not for this episode here, but I think it is really important. The ability to clearly communicate a powerful vision of, of the future that helps to move other people to action. That's something that I'm really passionate about and work with a lot of folks on. And I would love for us to have that discussion. But in that same regard, what you just said about uh, reading other people's stories and finding Lolly in that, this goes back to the big picture question or the big picture thing that we've been talking about how we're we're designed to be social well another way of putting that is we are vicarious creatures by nature this is why movies why books why facebook all this stuff is so effective is because it is tapping into something that is part of our biology we are vicarious we try to find ourselves in the story and i don't think it's because we're self-centered and i know that's not what you're saying either but i do want to bring that up it's because biologically we don't see ourselves as separate we see ourselves as a part of something bigger and we have to remember that when we see ourselves as a part of something bigger then a couple things happen number one because selfishness is usually born out of loneliness and a deep sense of no purpose right i'm alone so i'm gonna be selfish i'm, I'm responding to something nobody loves me I, i'm angry i've got something to prove you know there's just it's essentially a disconnection from others it's a disconnection even though you can be within a group when you are feeling like you are alone you are going to act in self-interest when you feel that you are a part of something bigger than yourself you will act in the interest of the greater good so all that being said is that uh, finding ourselves in the stories of others helps to really reinforce this idea that we should be improving ourselves because we matter, because we have a reason for being here. And whether people talk about us or remember us or not, it's that long-term impact, that that collective impact that we will have, because a lot of that we won't even know. The impact that you have on your kids, what they teach you, uh, what they teach their kids, may be coming from you and you have no idea. Right. So I look at it in a different way. So the way I think about it is this way. The reason I look I read biographies as much as I do, and I try to find Lolly in there, is because sometimes I don't have the words for my calling and my purpose, and by reading it about others, it gives me the words, it gives me the foundation, it gives me the framework, because I'm reading a life that has been lived already. Yeah. I'm reading, a, I am in my life right now. I don't know the end. Right. But if I read somebody else's biography, it's almost like I see the connected dots and it starts to make sense for me in a way that my own life might not make sense. But it gives me clarity that it all adds up at the end. And there's a and there is an action and reaction. And sometimes we can't see it in ourselves. But if you can read it about someone else. It gives us the words, it gives us the meaning, it gives us the framework, it gives us the path. And I think it allows us to see our own journey in a different way. Yeah, is there a, is there a biography in particular? Can I, can I just ask you on this? Is there one in particular that, because for those of you listening that don't know this, Lolly reads a book a day, which to me is, that's clinical. Like <laughs> you need to go see somebody, like that's, or it's amazing really. <laughs> so is there, is there a biography 
in particular, one that you can think of right now that you could share that has been really instrumental for you that comes to mind? I do have one. I, first of all, um, one summer, I read every single day a biography of all the presidents, starting from Washington all the way I even did our president today. So I did every biography. And each one of those presidencies was amazing because some of it is not history for me. Some of it is actually I'm living. But looking behind the curtain was amazing. But that's not what I want to talk about. There was one biography that had me undone. And it was about Mother Teresa. Mm. The thing about Mother Teresa is that she went, they were going to make her into a saint, right? They were going to say, this woman found God and she helped the poor and she lived a life that most of us don't even think we could ever reach or we can't even become the Mother Teresa of our decades, right? And in that biography, I found something so profound but so disturbing. And it said that the day a Mother Teresa decided to give her life over to be of service to others is the day she never heard God's voice again. Mm. Up until the moment that she decided she was living her life and her youth and her early um, teenage life and her younghood, and the beginning of the 1820s, she, she said she heard God's direction. She knew she had to be in this and this place to do this and this thing, because this is where she was meant to be. The moment she made that decision to be of service to others, she never heard God's voice again for the rest of her life. And every single day for the rest of her life, she questioned if she was in her calling and in her purpose. And I thought to myself, wow, what a strength. This woman lived in poverty. This woman gave up of herself to really be there for others without getting confirmation. All of us live our lives. We always want good job, good job. You're in the right place, doing the right thing. Keep doing what you're doing. And this woman lived most of her life without really knowing if she was meant to do this. There's this beautiful book about all the letters that she wrote to a friend. They're heartbreaking because she's like, am I doing the right thing? But again, if you look back at legacy, how do we talk about Mother Teresa, right? Yeah. How do we talk about her life? And so reading that biography had me a little bit undone because it's like, we question ourselves. We don't know if we're doing the right thing. We don't know if we're on the right path, but it keep on it, do what you need to do and serve others and do things that benefit others because look at the legacy she left. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a, no, I, I really love that story. That's, and thanks for sharing that because that is really impactful. What's interesting about that is you see that same thread throughout so many different religious stories and prophets is that they lost that, like they once they made that choice and they went into this mode of serving others, it was they had to live that kind of internal suffering of that they couldn't hear the voice of God or they didn't know if they were on the path. It was a constant mystery for them, but they kept on going. And it, yeah, I, I think that's a real, that's a human story all the way around is that at a certain point we have to say, I may not know, but you knew at one point to make the decision, trust that. And that's okay. a hard thing to do. Yeah. But take it through history. And I said that I read all the president's uh, biographies. Let's talk about Washington. When Washington was our president, they said, we want you to be our king. And he said, no, I'm here to serve the people. 
And when we talk about Washington's presidency, we talk about, wow, that was a kind of presidency that we want to emulate, right? There are some magical principles of which he lived by. And mostly he was serving others, being there for others. And he didn't have an easy life. And he could have been easy to say, yes, I'll be king. I'll take the power and I'll do that. But no, with being king, you don't serve others. You serve self. Mm -hmm. Yet he was about being of service to others. So the biographies that really touch me are the presidents, the individuals. And it doesn't have to be Mother Teresa. It doesn't have to be a religious figure. It doesn't have to be any biography. I mean, I read this book, um, When Breath Becomes Air. It's about this um, wife that loses her husband. And the thing about that is, is that the story is so profound and the legacy they leave behind. It's not about kings. It's not about becoming a saint. It has to do about the dignity of living your life every day in a way that moves people, that marks people, that etches it into their hearts. That's legacy. That's what we're talking about today. So that's why I'm a big fan of biographies. I know we went off tangent, but I love- Oh, I asked, I wanted to know. Yeah, one of the things you'll have to do is probably create a, uh, a reading list that we just drop into the show notes constantly to say, hey, if you're interested in this, yeah, that's definitely gonna happen. So, right. so what's the, you know, as we're getting uh, to the end of the hour here, What's the, what's what's the action step you want to leave folks with? Number one, I remember last week you said, "What are the things that you're taking away from this conversation?" But also, what what what's the encouragement you want to leave with that you want to leave with the folks listening? If someone hasn't spent the time in asking themselves the the question, "What is most important to me?" Then maybe that's a good start. What's important to you? What what is what do you value? Um, and that's a great way to start to talk to talk about leaving your legacy that because it's a conscious effort it's a conscious conversation with yourself it's a courageous conversation and not many people take the time to have that conversation because they're so busy doing we talk always about this instead of being so maybe start with asking yourself that one question what is important to me what do I want to stand for yeah I love that yeah I would I would second that and and just add to that by saying, ask yourself, what do you want to be proud of at the end of the day, at the end of the month, at the end of the year, at the end of your life? Get really clear on those things too, where you can look back and say, I'm proud of the fact that I did this, that I didn't do that, that, uh, that I made this choice. Yeah, because that's, that's right in line with, if it's important to you, figure that out first and then take action. I think it's excellent. Absolutely, absolutely. I hope that there's some things that we've said that are thought provoking, that get people really thinking about A, I don't wanna be forgotten, and B, how can I really leave my mark? Because if we're in our calling, most likely you'll get both of those. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's an excellent way to uh, close out the show. Lolly, as always, love these conversations. Looking forward to the one next week. Thank you, Jared. Thank you for listening to In The Hour Podcast with Lolly Daskal and myself, Jared Nichols. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, I strongly encourage you to do that. And of course, if you know someone, friend, family, colleague who could benefit from this episode or from being a subscriber themselves, please pass this along. Also, leave your comments, your questions. We want to hear from you. We want to know what's on your mind and what you're thinking about in this time of change and, and what you want to hear more about. As always, 
Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to being with you next week.